Hi everyone, I'm John C. Morley, the host of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. Hey guys, how are you? It is John C. Morley here, serial entrepreneur. Welcome to the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. A lot of you guys have been messaging us, you know, hey, why are you not on at three, five, four? Well, you know, we started with the 530, but, you know, in the business world and with entrepreneurs, as you know, and serial entrepreneurship, um, time is always fluid. So we found that putting the show on different times works for different people, and you can always catch the shows live uh, on the replays uh, 24 hours a day, which just converts to a podcast later on. I do have a great guest coming on later. If you're into baseball, well, stick around because we're going to talk about a gentleman that actually started playing baseball at a very young age and actually transformed that into a whole company. But we'll talk about that just a little bit later. I have a lot of stuff to ask him, and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot about baseball. And uh, he's actually worked with many of the people in the MLB. So we will talk to you about that in just a bit. But uh, getting on to what the show is about. So I am John C. Morley. I'm a serial entrepreneur. In case you guys don't know who I am by now, sure, you know who I am. Uh, I'm a podcast host, podcast coach. And you know what I do? I basically help businesses, yes, share their story so they can scale and, of course, be more profitable. I typically do work with companies that bring in 10 million or more. They either know what their story is at the moment or they want me to find them. Why am I a good person to do that? Well, I've been a member of the international press for seven years. I got invited, never expected to be doing marketing many years ago. Remember, I'm an engineer, but no one could market my company. So I decided that I need to be what I've been expecting. So I stepped up to the plate, no pun intended, even though we're talking about baseball today. I stepped up to the plate. I held the bat and I said, you know what? Pitch. I wasn't ready, but you know what? I had a few misses. Even some balls hit me, you know, kind of in the leg and the chest. But, hey, I'm here. I grew, and I got a lot of experiences to share with that. So thank you so much. Um, so today, our master topic is Futuristic Tech Unveiled. J. Moore Tech Talk. Series 3 means we are, yes, in our – can you believe that we are in our third – we are in our third segment. I, I, I cannot believe that, ladies and gentlemen. We are in our third series of the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. So I think that is a, that is a huge, huge kudos. Uh, never knew we were going to be doing that. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, that puts us into our fourth show um, for Series 3. And did you know, ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. How many of you out there know what AI is? Well, AI is artificial intelligence. But here's something I bet you didn't know. Did you know or do you know where and why AI was first discovered? Any questions? Any answers? Okay. Artificial intelligence and chat GPT was first built in Des Moines, Iowa. Why? I'll give you a hint. Every time you ask an AI system five questions, okay, or five queries, it gulps. You ready for this? 
16 ounces of water. Huh? It's a machine. How does it gulp? Well, that's what's needed to cool the system down from five queries. That's a lot. I know that's an awful, awful lot. So they went to Des Moines, Iowa. That's where they went. And uh, there's lots of water out there, uh, you know, from the raccoons and everything else. That's in central Iowa. And um, that was the cheapest place for them to get water. So that's why they started over there. It was the cheapest place to have an infrastructure to cool AI, artificial intelligence. And a lot of people don't realize the thing about AI is that it's extremely expensive to run. And as we get into chat GPT five and six, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we're going to start having it gulp, not 16, but 32 ounces of water. Now, you might say, John, that's not a lot. But if people are asking questions every second, and we did the math, we could be talking millions of queries. And millions of queries could equate to more than gallons. I'm talking like swimming pool sizes. Okay. That's pretty large. And somebody's going to have to pay for that. So it's got to come out of somebody's budget. Right. And um, what I want to share with you is that AI is shaping our world, but we got to be careful because AI is starting to cause some challenges in a lot of places because people are not using it responsibly. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, now if you're blind, whether you're legally blind or Maybe you just can't see well enough when you're watching a game like uh, baseball, football. Well, now you're going to be able to actually, I'll say, see the game, but really feel the game with your fingers. A new startup company actually uh, launched this at CES 2024, which, you know, was a few weeks ago. But we're still talking about the great technology, including the backpack oven. I think I'm going to take a pass on that. I put it on my back and uh, supposed to cook dinner on my way home. No, nah, I don't think so. One guy didn't believe how serious this was, and he decided to put his hand and turn it on, which is the nine volt battery. He almost burned his hand. So I think people aren't realizing what's going on and the potential that is out there. So haptic technology is out there, and now there's a company that's also coming out with haptic jerseys. This is pretty am amazing. Over the years, we've had fashion, we've had sports, but now we're going to be able to have haptic technology in the jerseys actually be feedback for us about the game. I don't know about you, but we're starting to get more out of the 2D, 3D world and into a 4D and even a 60 reality. 60 reality, by the way, is where there's so many points of movement that it has to be real. Like getting on a roller coaster. That's not 2D. That's not 3D. All right. And uh, I know you guys are saying, hey, John, why are all the layoffs happening? Well, there are a lot of massive layoffs uh, causing challenges in the gaming industry. Why is that? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Um, unfortunately, um, AI is uh, cutting into people's jobs because the creativity that it's um, unleashing is actually replacing human beings. Or so it's said because they can do it for a fraction of the cost. And companies like Microsoft cut 1,900 workers. That's a lot. That's a $69 billion uh, after the acquisition of Blizzard. And Riot Games laid off 530 employees. Twitch laid off 500. And Unity laid off 1,800 employees. The question is, I know that uh, all this technology out there is supposedly amazing. And Fortnite uh, laid off 830s. It's going to keep changing because if people don't understand the responsibility and the accountability for technology... We're going to be using technology to actually put humans out of work. And I think that's a bad use of technology. Good uses are things like 
having it step in when there are challenges in the workforce where we don't want to harm human beings. But I think we're just throwing too much at AI. I'm a technology person myself, but I think we're throwing too much at it. Now, I have a question for you guys. You guys will have great imaginations. I hope you do. Well, imagine just for a moment improving your batting game. I said, imagine by getting as close as you could to a live pitcher. Can you imagine that? Who is that going to be? Somebody you know today, a top pitcher, or is it a past pitcher like uh, somebody that's uh, been in, recently inducted into the Hall of Fame, um, like a CC Sabathia or people like that are very close to that. So who, who is it uh, that you want to pitch in front of? Well, my next guest, um, a gentleman that actually started out uh, in his backyard when he was a kid. And he had one of these, I guess it's a, a wind-up type um, um, control with like two little things where you adjust the speed. But supposedly when you do that, you really can't get the precision down to being um, accurate enough to practice batting. Well, he decided to take this an entire um, new way by creating a company that actually not only makes batting equipment, but actually is about the technology behind it. It's one thing to just create a computer, right? Or to create a batting machine. But it's one thing to create the system based on a challenge you've had. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to please help me welcome to the Jaymore Tech Talk show, uh, Mr. Adam Battersby, CEO of um, Pro Batter in Connecticut. Well, welcome, Adam. It's great to have you with us. Well, thanks for having me, John. So, uh, being Pro Batter Sports, how long has Pro Batter Sports been around? Yeah, this is actually our 25th year in business, which is uh, it's pretty incredible that it's 25. That those years. are those are interesting milestones. I, I know yeah. um, our tech has been around. We've been around. We're celebrating 33 years, but I know anytime you get past that five year anniversary, that 10 year anniversary. Yeah. It's always an amazing thing. I remember when companies would send me these things. Hey, you should celebrate your anniversary. Like yep. only three years. You're only five years. <laughs> and now it's like they keep reminding, hey, you should celebrate. And companies just don't last very long. But as we were talking about before, and I probably did a terrible job explaining it, you had uh, you had a baseball machine in your in your backyard. I, I, I can equate this to having one of these um, machines that uh, I think it was um, my relative bought us. My mom mm -hmm. hated me playing with these machines that were going to like kill us. And it was this football uh, machine. She never wanted me to play football. But my cousin actually bought me this machine that would actually be the quarterback of the football, which I thought mm -hmm. was cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I took it outside. You set up. Then I actually got hit in the head with it. Oh, and man. then that machine got confiscated. But it was all <laughs> about the fact that you set it. It was a timer. And mm -hmm. it wasn't very easy to use. You know, you put the ball down. You set the timer. I don't know whether it was 20 seconds, 60 seconds. And then you just ran like you know what. Mm -hmm. And you had to. Otherwise, you'd get hit in the mouth. Uh, so tell me a little about your experience with, um, you know, your challenges, I guess, of the uh, home uh, batting system when it was just in its infancy. Yeah. So so we started in our backyard. Um, basically, we had a two wheel pitching machine that you raise the ball up, put the ball in. And sometimes it comes out smoothly. Sometimes it doesn't. When it doesn't come out smoothly, it's hard to get in good timing. Um, you know, uh, you're hitting off your front foot. You can't really time the ball well. So what we did, uh, we put a video screen in front of our pitching machine. So it looks like a real-life pitcher throwing the ball to you. We have right-hand pitchers, left-hand pitchers, little leaguers, minor leaguers, and it's controlled by big color touchscreen. So whatever pitch you want, there's 10 different pitches, whatever speed from 40 to 100 miles an hour, whatever location you want. So it's really the closest thing to real-life uh, batting practice that you can take. 
So what makes the machine know that it's this pitcher, that pitcher? Like, how does that get calibrated, whether it's a younger pitcher, an older pitcher? Like, how does that all get profiled? Does the user have to do all that, or how does that work? Yeah, so the system has a, a pitch database. So basically, we did all the research, so we knew that, you know, if you threw a fastball 80 miles an hour down the middle, actuator, this actuator would have to be at X position, and this one would have to be at that position. The wheel speeds would have to be at a certain speed. And uh, we actually sat down with major league coaches, major league players, college coaches, college players to make sure all their pitches were exactly uh, what they should be. So I can imagine this, that, that def, it, def, it definitely, uh, I'm, so I'm going to say that definitely took some time, I guess, for you guys to go through that process. Yes. Yeah. How, it, long, it, did that, how long did that actually take you? Probably a, uh, a few years um, to to finally perfect it. About eight engineers, you know, throughout the way. Um, you know, some engineers brought some ideas that we use. Some brought other ideas. We kind of combine them all. Um, now now that you now that you have a product out there, so so what? Uh, and I'm not asking for how you built the one you have now, but what I want to ask is, what failures did you hit? Like, what kind of challenges did you go through when you were trying to build this machine? Uh, it was a lot of challenges, a lot, a lot of failures, to be honest. I mean, you know, you think it's easy just to throw a baseball with, you know, three wheels, but all the different, you have to reuse the right motors, right actuators. You have to, you know, um, make sure that the spin rates are exactly what they should be. Um, also in the price reductions, you got to make sure the, the, um, you know, the, the, the part's going to last. They're not going to fail in the field. Um, cause that you don't want that to fail in the field. Uh, it's very expensive and it, it's not good reputation wise. Uh, so this is actually your system here on the right. So you guys can see this is a screen and um, there's a box there in the center. Tell us what that box is in the center. That's the projector. So it's a cover for the projector so it doesn't get hit and damaged. Okay. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be good when you're hitting. And <laughs> it looks like there is, it's almost like a TV set, but it's, it's like a screen, I guess, of mylar or some type of uh, uh, typical screen material. What's that made out of? Yeah, it's a white coated uh, canvas that's very durable, so you can hit that thing all day long and, and it won't rip. okay. So it's it's not gonna it's not gonna rip too easy. I'm sure it's pretty thick. Yes, correct. And how does that get set up? Is it just like does it just fold or how how does how, what kind of space is needed when this thing stores? Uh, yeah. So total distance for this we recommend 68 feet. Um, that's total distance, so that takes in consideration six feet for the machine room behind home plate for catch net or catcher. Um, and then like 14 feet wide, the typical batting cage is how about how about in storage? What does it need when it's not set up? Uh usually people just leave it up, but uh if it's in storage, you could break it all down to you know pretty small space. So you so you could use this outdoors, although probably a lot of people probably don't use it outdoors, they probably use it indoors, like it's like a batting cage, but you could use it outdoors. You you could. It's the only thing is the uh, the sunlight will tend to wash out the video image, and you want to okay. make sure it's protected from the rain. Um, but we do have outdoor setups like in spring training, uh, where okay. it's train link on the side, but it's covered. So so basically, there's like we can't see it from this picture, but there, there's like a there's like a canister in the back, and there's some balls in there, yep. and I kind of see there's a hole in the screen a little bit. Yeah. So that's yep. obviously where the ball comes out. And we were talking about this before. Uh, you know, when we think about um you know, this whole concept. And obviously the reason why you started the company was because of your frustration, I guess, of, of not being happy with the consistency of the pitches. And so talk to us a little bit about that. So, so when this started happening, what were your steps? Like what made you, cause obviously it was a pretty big step to go into doing this. Like 
what were the steps that like made you decide that, Hey, I want to like stick with this. Cause a lot of people decide they want to do something like make a new frying pan, but they still don't <laughs> make a new frying pan. Well, um, with the pitch machine, in our backyard, we knew that there was ways to improve it. Um, another problem with the typical two wheel pitch machine is that when you go from a fastball to a curveball, you adjust the wheel dials, the wheel speed dials, tilt the machine, throw test pitches. So you knew what was coming. Um, whereas our machine, you just press a few buttons and, and the ball comes out. So there's there's no manually adjusting the, the wheel position or anything like that. So it's, it's, it's a matter basically of, you know, so somebody really doesn't need a lot of skills to be able to use this. And they can they yeah, can practice. They can do. Uh, in fact, I think I have. Let me see if I have it here. I have a more of a close up shot so you guys can see um, a little bit closer of what. Cause that, that, that shot's a little bit further away. I think I have one. that's a little closer up. I don't know if you guys can see that a little bit closer. You can see there's the, uh, there's the batter there. You can see the machine a little bit closer distance. And um, so let's talk a little bit about the fact that, you know, when you started this, how many years was it from the point that you knew there was a challenge in the pitching industry to actually um, getting this thing developed? Probably a few because we knew we we knew there was a need, but then it took us a little while to to start the, the company and hire the engineers and do all the research and development and research the market. You know, get the first prototype, then the second prototype, then all the testing. Um, so it took it took a little while, but when, then when we first launched it, our first customer was actually the Chicago White Sox. So at that point, we knew that it, it was it was a legitimate product, and. You know, and, and we had something there. So so that definitely was a good start. So that must have been a great feeling when uh, yes. what, what did you guys think? When, when did they call you? How did you know? When did they become your customer? How did that happen? I was actually still in college. So I started the company wow. two years after it started. Um, so, yeah, so I'm not quite sure how that one. Uh, but I, I, I'm guessing a lot of cold calling. Uh, that's what we do. We go to trade shows, a lot of baseball heavy trade shows for college coaches, major league coaches, uh, high school coaches. Um, and we introduced the product actually the winter meetings one year for all the for major league and minor league baseball. So I'm guessing it was from that trade show. So it's not a it's not a product that people typically just see and say they want it. Like they, they it's they they got to kind of know it. They got to do research. But the people that are in pitching kind of understand this. It's not something that anybody's just going to get. Uh, like I said, you know, somebody that's at home. Typically, their father's not going to go buy them a pro batting system. I mean, we'd love them to, but they're probably not going to do that in the hopes that they're going to make major league. They may not make major league. But, You'd be um, surprised. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I know some fathers. Might, some fathers might do that. I mean, they they yep. put up. Uh, they put up. I, I know I'm in golf a lot, and they, yep. they they spend a fortune to get them to have their own golfing thing or their tennis courts. And then you know what happens? They don't finish it. Like they put mm -hmm. all this money in, and they put this beautiful thing together. I was like, well, now what do I do with it? Do I fill yep. in a swing pool? Like, he doesn't want to be an Olympic swimmer. So what do I do? Fill the swing pool like i don't need a pool this big like i yeah. only need a pool like a third so i think that's a challenge for a lot of parents like well do i spend the money on this and i know when i went to golf they're like well we're not gonna buy you like ping clubs until mm -hmm. we see that you stick with this because there's so many things like you know there's ice hockey there's baseball yeah. uh basketball basketball's cheap mm -hmm. but ice hockey and skiing that's expensive right yeah. and and, yeah. and 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 you know to just well I, i'm bored you're bored i just spent eight thousand dollars uh, <laughs> Well, I want to play. I want to play hockey now, or I want to play football now. Yeah, you yep. sure? And they're very quick when it's something cheap, like a like a uniform investment. But it's like, sure. oh, you want to do ice hockey? You want to do cross country skiing? 
<laughs> you, and ice hockey, people don't realize how expensive ice hockey is. It's, it's very not expensive. the stick. It's because you got to pay yeah. for the um, what ice is it? Time. Uh, ice time. Yeah, that's yeah. not free, is it? No, and it's expensive. A few of my neighbors and friends are their kids in ice hockey, and, and it's ridiculous how much it is. I, I would never do it unless my kid was you know the next Wayne Gretzky. But you know, well, I mean, they know. really have to. They really have to, I guess, sell you on the fact that they're going to be the next best uh you know iceberg because the thing is you know you get them involved in it but then they do it because their friends are doing it but then they really mm -hmm. they get tired of it or they don't want to do it anymore yeah I and travel baseball is getting really expensive too because you got to join a team all the travel expenses you got to train at the facility that they offer and <clears throat> a lot of those kids they, they do not make it to the next step and they it's a lot of a lot of money it's almost like they got to do like a what they call like a fundraising program. I know. Um, yeah, a lot I was, of them do that. I was in yep. scouts, and I'm an Eagle Scout. Um, and uh, scouting's gotten more expensive too now. Yeah. When I was joined, it was a few hundred dollars. Now I think it's up to three or four hundred dollars uh, because you have to realize you have to pay for camping trips, you have to pay for the uniform. Yeah. The badges are not free. <laughs> yeah. And you know, then you got to pay for the book and all these other mm -hmm. books, and so there's there's costs involved. So the why you started the company was because you knew there was a challenge in the batting industry. Yes. Were... Yeah. And, and another reason is because when I had that two wheel pitching machine, uh, I, I practiced the curveball, but it was a hard for me to hit the curveball when I didn't know it was coming. So with our machine, you can program a curveball and not know it's coming and really learn how to hit the curveball. So one of the reasons why we continued and, and you know, why we're still in business is to really help, you know, the young hitter learn how to hit the, the different pitches. So we offer 10 different pitches. Um, a lot of the major league and minor league, or really the minor leaguers, when they come out of high school or college, they don't see all these nasty pitches that the, that the minor leaguers and the major leaguers are throwing. So it helps them learn how to hit those pitches, like the cutters, the splitters, the sinkers, that they're not seeing in high school at that level. So that's a good point for those of uh, you uh, watching or listening here today. Uh, what are the top pitches? You named a couple, but what are the top pitches that, you know, you, you're very good at training people at. Yeah. So our, our machine has 10 different pitches. It's fastball, change up curve, uh, a second curve, which is more of a um, 12 to six curve, like the break of the pitch, uh, slider, slurve, sinker, splitter, cutter, two seam fastball. <clears throat> and I think that's it. So it was 10 in total. Um, the only thing that we don't throw is a knuckleball because it's, it's kind of hard to control. <clears throat> and, um, and wherever you want it on our machine, you can get exactly at that point. So the, in the knuckleball, it's waffles around too much. So obviously <laughs> um, batting technology has changed a lot. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Not so much in how people throw the ball, but I'm hearing more in how you practice. I mean, the way people pitch hasn't changed, but I think the way that you get better or practice pitching has changed. Absolutely. Yeah. There's the different arm care programs and arm strength programs. Uh, that's why a lot of these pitchers are, they're throwing faster. They're throwing, you know, you know, better spin rates on their pitches and all that stuff, all the technology, I mean, a lot of it's strength training, a lot of conditioning, a lot of, um, you, you know, high end training equipment. Um, not only our system, but there's also a lot of analytics software out there. Um, that reads exit velocity of the ball leaving the bat, you know, the spin rate of the ball. And it's incredible what's out there. And it's really helping the batters and, and the pitchers too. And, and they got to be careful too, because most people don't realize when they enter into a uh, a pitching, whether it's pitching, batting or anything, or even football, 
they got to realize that they really got to take care of their body. I think that's one of the most important things is that, you know, a lot of these teams you play for and nothing bad against them, but you know, you're a commodity to these teams. So, Mm -hmm. you know, my right arm's great today, but if my right arm's not working next week, well, then (laughs) I might not mean anything to them, including the fact that I'm lucky I'll get a severance. So I think it's important to understand if you're an MLB person, you got to have a backup. I know yeah. a few a uh, few MLBs have had this, but not a lot. You got to get a degree. You got to do something else besides baseball's great, football's mm-hmm. great, hockey's great. But I think you got to have something in the mind. Yeah, yeah. Because if that if that arm goes or that leg goes, what do you do? Yeah, and I mean, some of these guys, I mean, they're done playing baseball with. I mean, they might have a million dollars, two million dollars in the bank account, but they're twenty three years old and they're used to spending a lot of money every year, and then they have to cut it back, and they don't know how to cut it back, and that money goes quick. Yeah, well, they, they always say you know you, you could you can spend you can spend more than you make, or you can you, you can you can make more than you spend. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge is that they buy things a lot of them that are not practical. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, there's oh, one yeah. thing buying a car, there's one thing buying a vacuum, there's one thing buying things, but is this something I'm really going to use, whether you can mm-hmm. afford it or not? Mm-hmm. Is it something that you know we've all done this before? We buy something and it goes in that closet, and then. <laughs> look at all these things I got. Oh, you have all those video. Yeah, I know I have this. I have in television. I have, we, I have this, like, which one are you going to play with? I don't know. I just have them all, but why? <laughs> yeah. so, so I think that becomes, but, but an interesting thing about, let's talk about evolution of batting technology. So mm-hmm. how has batting technology changed? So you mentioned to me a little bit about where they were with the, um, the two machine where you could adjust yep. the speed mm-hmm. and, and the, the angle, I guess you could adjust the angle and you could adjust the speed of the ball. And yep, how many correct. balls did those machines typically hold back then? Uh, it varied. I mean, some had like little ramps that held, say, 20, 30 balls. Um, our machine has a big barrel feeder that holds like 200 balls. Um, okay. Yeah, so we hold a lot. But, the, I mean, the first pitch machine that came out was an arm one. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. They've been around since like, the 50s. They're still out there. We actually I remember the first batting today. machine that my grandfather, rest his soul, he actually died when I was uh, – when I was um I was in second third grade Thanksgiving uh, mm-hmm. night he died in the hospital. Oh, man. Unfortunately, was a smoker. I'll never smoke. And uh, he quit before I was born, but it was too late, and he died of cancer of the lungs. Oh, sorry to hear that. And uh, thanks. So so that was challenging. But what he did several years before he died, he made me a pitching machine. Oh yeah. Not, not the same thing. So he he got a, a barrel, mm-hmm. and he put some concrete in it. Mm-hmm. He put a pole in it put a, the, the, the metal he made, put the little thing on it, little metal thing, put the ball on it, put it all together, made it safe. So now I could have it there and I could hit it. The only problem is if you were not paying attention, <laughs> you could get slugged in the head. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it was great that I could just hit that ball, mm-hmm. but you got to hit and stand back. Yeah. So many people I know would use that and they get hurt because like yeah. that ball just like yeah. it swings around. Yeah. My, when I was growing up, my dad had something in our basement that it was a ball hanging on two elastics and you hit it and hit a net and it came back. So during the winters, because in Connecticut and New Jersey too, the winters are cold and long. So you got to keep that swing up. So it was kind of fun doing that in the basement. So you mentioned to me that, you know, obviously you, you changed things. You went to video. That was one thing you did. Yep. Um, so another thing I think that you, you put a lot of technology in is plate recognition. So tell us a little about what plate recognition is and why is plate recognition so important? Yeah, it's really, well, it's really uh, pitch recognition, but um, okay. it, it's seeing how the different pitches break. So 
Um, like I was saying before, if a high schooler gets drafted, they're not going to see some of these nasty pitchers. So, um, pitches. So basically, some of them will just sit in the batter's box, dial in say 20, 30, 40 cutters, and just watch the flight of that cutter to see how it, you know, how it, how it spins and how it moves and how it breaks. They'll do it with all the different pitches and and really learn how to hit it. And I mean, because a curveball, everyone knows. Well, if you're a baseball player, you know how it breaks, you know, down and out. But some of those other pitches, I mean, you just you don't see them until you get to a higher level. So it helps with that. It helps the learning curve to hit those. So, 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 so it's that type of thing, pretty much. It's getting people. It's really getting people comfortable. And I, and I just dug up a. Uh, um, I think I have it here. Uh, I have a uh, picture. I'm going to share. Uh, that should show you basically the back of the machine. I'll show this to you right here if I can. Because uh, we're talking about the front, but you guys really didn't see what the back was. And the back is kind of interesting. If you look, you'll see there's like a, yeah, there it is. It's like a canister, if you will. Like a 55 um, gallon drum almost. Yep. Yep. Uh, the drum there. And then there's a, uh, I, I'm not sure what the exact diameter of that is. You might know better than I do. Yep, uh, four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we got that connected into a, a coupler. The mm -hmm. coupler goes into another piece, which it's injector. Uh, I guess is, what's that? The injector. And that injector, injector basically, it releases a ball and which times up the, the video to the ball release. Okay. So that has a lot of the controls basically. So when the ball mm -hmm. is, when the ball is pushed there, that's actually what does the pitching, isn't it? Well, inside that, that that pitching machine, there's three wheels with three different motors. Um, so that throws the ball, but the injector actually will release the ball into the wheels um, at the exact point where the pitcher's hands up. So it, it timed everything perfectly. Okay, so so when the ball is released from the machine, which obviously we can see from the back here, there's there's that piece. Mm -hmm. When the ball is released, that's obviously the start of it, right? So when the pitch happens, it's not like they're prepped when it's it's like it's not waiting right it's pretty much going all the time so it's not like the ball sitting here and then it pitches the pitch comes out of this i'll call it this cannon if you will sure. it's coming out at like i don't know what speed uh, i guess it varies right it varies yes so that can affect your pitch so you can really dial up and i assume you could set your own uh pitch speed that you want right you don't have yeah, to necessarily yep. use one that's in the profile or yeah, yeah. Any pitch, any speed, at any location, um, we offer it all. Now, do you update the database? We talked about the different players. Do you update the database of these different people? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So a, a while back, we did a, a video shoot uh, through Bobby Valentine at Shea Stadium, um, which they since replaced with City Field. But that was we had those videos for a while because it was a major league stadium, had the the home run apple in the outfield. It was really a cool, um, you know, uh, background. But then, you know, over the years, we did minor league stadiums with minor league pitchers. We did little leaguers. We actually did another video shoot with all new softball pitchers, a couple of baseball pitchers. So we like to add those on to give the batters different looks and different stadiums and different fields, um, you know, instead of just hitting against one batter. But, yeah, we, so, we try to update everything and, you know, keep it keep the players coming back and keep, it, keep the customers using the machine. How often do you update that? Uh, it was a little while before we did it again, but we just did a, the, the recent video shoot was in December. So about every couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe and that's probably longer. a time. That's a time consuming thing because you have to basically take the type of pitcher. Then you have to classify it as the type of pitch. Right. 
And then you have to set up, you have to basically set the machine. So what are the things you actually set that you're able to set? If you were doing a pitch manually with the machine, let's assuming I'm not using the profile. What are the things I can actually calibrate or I can set as options? Uh, well, like set the pitch wise or, or the picture video wise. Well, let, let's say I don't, let's say I, I, I'm trying to make my own, like I'm making something like we said, we had the video, but if I'm calibrating something, like I'm starting from scratch, what, mm -hmm. what is it that the video actually is being, or do I not have access to that? What is yeah. it that the, that the video is allowing? Obviously we can have the pitch, the angle. So what are the things that go into that? Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of run you through. So when you start the machine, you, you pick whatever level you want to hit off of and it's all age appropriate. Um, so level one through three is based off 45 feet and you see a little league throwing uh, the ball to you. And the level four through nine is based off 60 feet, six inches. And you have a minor league or, or like a um, younger guy throwing the ball to you. So from there, it's whatever pitch you want, um, the 10 different pitches, whatever speed you want from 40 to 100 miles an hour in two mile an hour increments. And then any location, you can do inside, outside, high, low, then set the machine. Then once you hit the set button, that gets all the actuators moving and wheel speeds going uh, to the correct speed. And then from there, you, you see the pitcher winding up and the ball comes out. Um, and then if you want a different pitcher, you can just go to the, the pitcher uh, menu, pick a different pitcher, stretch for the full windup, and, and off you go um, within, you know, five, eight seconds. When you and I had our first, because we do a pre-chat before we have the show, uh, my team had connected me with a few baseball players that we know. Mm -hmm. And I had talked to them. Unfortunately, they were not able to come on today's show, but I did get a chance to talk to them. They didn't want to be mentioned, but I did talk with them. Mm -hmm. And what they were explaining to me is that whether they use your system or other people's system, the confusion happens, they said, when the eye changes position. Mm -hmm. So when you're pitching the ball, which I didn't know because I'm not a baseball, a big baseball aficionado, uh, you know, other than watching uh, the Yankees and, you know, you know, watching as a spectator, when the chain, when the, the it changes from when I guess it changes the position, maybe you could put some highlight on this from when they release the ball, because supposedly what they explained to me is that the pitcher is trying to confuse you as the batter. I yep. get that. We don't want to mm -hmm. know. And so. What they're trying to do is think of it like poker. I don't play poker, but they don't want to show their cards. Exactly. Unfortunately, yeah. you have to show your card a split second before the pitch. It's correct. Just, there's nothing you can do. So what I almost gather your system doing, and from what I had from talking to these two uh, MLB players that I was fortunate enough to talk to uh, about three days ago, but I could not get them to come on the show. Um, but they explained to me that the biggest reason that pitching systems fail is because when they go to pitch, they cannot see almost like their cards. They can't see what's in their cards. So if you get to see the way a certain person pitches and I study your videos, even if yep. I don't pitch, if I just watch your videos, okay, and I just look at them, I will be able to tell what's in your cards. And supposedly yeah, yeah. that's the same thing that happens with game plays on football or stuff there's that last moment and the team knows what's going to happen right but mm -hmm. i don't know what's going to happen as as the um let's say as the other player but if i played you enough that's why they have to keep changing their playbook i don't know if the pitchers do the same thing but they gotta once people get used to their i guess their nomenclature of how they pitch they gotta stop they've mm -hmm. got to change up because if you knew that when i came out of my my throw and i turned my pinky in <laughs> that was a fastball. Yeah. Well, every time John does, oh, he's throwing a fastball. Because mm -hmm. if I know how to react, I'm probably going to hit the ball. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. The reason most people don't hit the ball is because they don't know what the pitch is, right? They don't know what's coming, yeah. And actually, in our video uh, images, if the pitcher's throwing a curveball, his arm is actually cocked like he's throwing a curveball. Um, fastball, same thing, you know, or different kind of pitches have different releases or different arm angles. We we record those. So the batter will can, can read that and really learn how to hit the pitch. And also what we do, we do different arm speeds. Now, you can't do every arm speed from 4,800 miles an hour, so we do a slow, medium, and a fast arm speed. So the pitcher is as close to reality as as you can get. Um, but so yeah, now you, it you, seems like the next thing, without getting into the AI world because it's a whole new separate thing, I see the next thing being that as you're doing pitching, you probably you're helping the you're helping the batter obviously, and you're also helping the pitcher too, because if I'm a batter and I'm a pitcher, I can learn a little more about some other pitches. So mm-hmm. I can learn because some some pitchers are designated hitters. I mean that does happen on some teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I think I think the biggest thing though is the fact that when I hit the ball, I want a verification of how I've hit it. Yep. So right now your ball is just going off. Yep. I, I see the next piece being that, you know, maybe you're going to tell me how my hit was. Yep. And they have stuff like that too. So that, 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 and that's not tied into video yet, but I think that's probably the next piece. Cause it sounds like this is one piece of a team, but there's several components like analyzing how you're going to run when you're going to steal. And I mm-hmm. know they have videos out there now that'll uh, they spend hours looking at the team to see yep. when they should look at his feet, his position, where he's positioned his foot. Yeah, uh, I mean, the they make a whole reports. game of this. Yeah, all the scouting reports. I remember going to the Rockies, and they were playing the Mets at the time, and the scouting report book, I mean, it was like half an inch thick or three-quarters of an inch thick or maybe an inch thick. But I had basically, you know, all the batters, what zone to throw to, what zone not to throw in. At the time, John Buck was on the Mets. He's actually one of our customers, but – he started off the season, this is years back, with like, I don't know, it was like 10 home runs in like 12 games, whatever the stat was. And they had a zone that basically said, do not throw this guy a fastball. And this part of the zone was basically the whole zone. Okay. Pitches because, you know, he, he was just killing the ball. So I think I think it's 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 what, what this almost reminds me of is we've got a pitch to the strengths. Or we got a pitch or we got a we've got a pitch in this case we've got we got a pitch to our strength but we got a pitch to their weakness. Exactly. It's all we stats. Learn, oh my about. gosh, this guy's a left-handed. This guy's a right. Oh, he's a lefty. Oh wow, I'm putting in this batter now. Yep. So I think I think it's that kind of thing and then as we can take stats from that, uh, I mean really you don't get to be a good uh, um you know, sports person by just watching a screen. It's really about interacting and as technology is going to continue to evolve and give us feedback, whether that be haptic, whether that be in cricket, whether that be in baseball, whether that be in soccer, football, I think it's the valuable thing is how the feedback can get us to change the loop. And, 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 I, and I'll get you to see what I mean here in a minute. Uh, being a national keynote and speaking for Harvard and speaking for Yale, uh, I can tell you that a lot of times it, it's what we don't expect. So I call it a pattern interrupt. So a lot of salespeople, okay, uh, they, they always say, you know, what day are you available? And, um, oh, you know, and they usually give you some stupid answer. Or you remember the one where they say, gee, you know, I'm going to be in, 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 I'm going to be in town next week on Tuesday or when, like, that's, that's just like terrible too. But what tends to work is, well, Adam, um, what day is bad for you next week? Mm-hmm. And you look at me like, 
well, Monday and Wednesday are bad. Oh, what I just do now? I just gave you three days that are good. Good. Yep. So Friday at 11 <laughs> works then, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you yeah, walk right into that. So I yep. think the same thing's happening in sports where our mind is going one direction. And we don't necessarily know why, because 97% of our body is run by our subconscious. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of things like pitching, for example, happens from our subconscious. I mean, we just, our body makes a reaction based on what we see, what we experience, the situation, the surrounding. We even saw where they play certain uh, songs. I don't know if they still do it. They come up and they get to play a little yep. 15, they 20 second song to get them in that groove, right? Yep, they're walk-up songs. The, the walk-up song, right? It, yep. it, 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 they never used to do that. Now they do that. It, it kind of gets them into the mood. But, you know, it's Major League Baseball. Whatever is going to work for them, I think, is I think is the big play. But what, what do you think is next? Without going into AI, Adam, what do you think is next for, as we talk about, you know, batting evolution? We talked about the the two machine, the two little wheels where you kind of hopefully it works. Yeah. Uh, and now you've got to, we've gotten to some other renditions past that. We've gotten to now, uh, you know, video with your product and, you know, having the ability to adjust. What, what, what's next before we get to AI or is AI next? I mean, is there something next before AI? Well, what's current right now, a lot of the facilities are, and the teams are going to the, the analytic software. So as soon as you hit the ball, whether it be against our machine, a live pitch or a different pitching machine, uh, they have tracking devices. So they basically show how far the ball goes, the spin um, as it leaves the bat, the exit velocity as it leaves the bat. Um, so all that stuff's pretty cool because you can hit all you want and you might think you hit a good hit. I mean, a lot of times it is a good hit if you think it is, but sometimes it's not. But And you can track these stats and compare yourself against other people on their leaderboards. So it's kind of cool. So, I mean, you, you could be hitting at the beginning of the season, your exit velocity is, just, say, 98 miles an hour, right? The, ex the end of the season, after you work hard and lift weights and condition yourself, it could be like 110. So therefore, you know you're improved. And when you have the improvement in actual number form, I mean, numbers don't lie. So I think that's that's pretty cool. And a lot of players are going to that. And it's basically a big golf simulator when you use that in combination with our machine. And it, it, it makes it fun. I mean, you know, like these players are not only are they training and getting better, but they're having fun. And that's what keeps them coming back and giving our customers more money. Yeah, it, it sounds like the, the, the next thing coming is is to incorporate that into one solution. Yeah. So that, you know, when you're on screen, when you're getting the stats, when you're getting this, I, I, I hit 70s pitches. And yes, you can always take things or if not doing that, at least figuring out how you can interact with those technologies to report mm -hmm. very similar to smart technology or things like that. Yeah. Something yeah. is keeping track of how many times I swung my hand and, and, and linking into that. Now, there isn't a sports technology right now, but it wouldn't be hard to build. And, and I think this is where um sports athletes are going i mean i'll just tell you real quickly i went from 250 pounds several years ago to being 165 nice. i fired seven <laughs> trainers now i don't say this to brag i say this because i use technology to do it mm -hmm. uh being an engineer i said i need to just figure out the language of losing weight mm -hmm. i used my fitness pal the free version i didn't have to pay and i bought this device uh it was called lumen at the time i spent over a thousand dollars for it i was one of the forefathers that bought it in the beginning and by doing that, I didn't have to pay monthly for it because now they charge a fee depending on whether you want three months, six months, yep, a year, and then you yep. got to pay so much a month. Mm -hmm. Well, what this device does is I take a breath for 10 seconds and I blow out 
for 10 seconds, but you got to do it very slowly and you got to keep within the circle or it doesn't read right. It'll mm -hmm. tell you to, you know, do it slowly. And what it does, it tells me whether I'm burning carbs or I'm burning fat hmm. and it gives me a level. Now you might think, well, why do I care? I thought I always wanted to burn fat in my life. I learned you don't always want to burn fat. You want to burn fat sometimes and you want to switch to burn carbs. Hmm. Because if you don't, you want to exercise that part of your body. The reason I bring this to you is that using that technology uh, makes a huge difference. We even have technology now that will monitor your heart yeah. and keep your heart in connection with your brain. And I think as we start to evolve, I think tracking, I think data, I yeah. think biofeedback in a way that can allow sports people to get better at a sport without having to have a trainer, almost like the you trainer or the trainer on, you know, my schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that's, I think that's where we're going. I think definitely the idea of, of pitching and getting people better at is great, but I think when we get it to be more interactive mm -hmm. and how much more interactive can you get with obviously having a screen, but I still think there's, there's, there's a level of making it to the point where, you know, when that ball hits the screen or it hits a certain area, well, based on that ball, I'm going to throw you a different pitch. Mm -hmm. So yep. now we have a, a range of where that ball is going to potentially hit. Yeah. And we could probably even tell you if it's going to be a home run based on what stadium you're in. Now that mm -hmm. gets into a whole different thing, but I think the yeah. whole concept of technology and reporting, I think is where we're going next. Yeah. Also to, to bring it back a little bit, a lot of pitchers that use our machine, to set batters up. So they'll control it against a batter and they'll be like, all right, I'll throw you a fastball to start off with and a curveball. If all those batters hitting that second curveball, then they say, all right, I know a batter's going to hit the second curveball. So let me throw them something else. Let me see how the batters react. Let me see how they're thinking. And that's good because you're not using your arm. So you can save your arm for the game um, instead of, you know. I get it. So, so basically what I'm doing is I'm analyzing what kind of pitch it is without even without even really doing anything. Yeah, or, or you learn hitters, you know, how, how hitters think, you know, like what they're expecting on an 0-2 so count. You, so or, you can use your machine without the ball then pretty much? No, the ball would come out, yeah. The ball will still come out. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So the ball, the ball, the ball would still come out. But I, I can see how that can, that can help. So the whole thing is being able to think on your feet quickly. Mm -hmm. Because in the game, especially at stress time, you don't have more than maybe a second, not even, to make the decision. And if you made the wrong decision, well, you could hit a ball. Um, <laughs> they could hit a fly and you could be out. Um, or it could be in a wrong zone. And yeah. now where you thought the ball was going to go, something else happened. So I think we don't expect technology to affect sports because sports always seems to have come from the 1900s. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we always say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But exactly. I think people are starting to realize now, this is like after years and years, that even though sports isn't broken, we can play sports a lot more efficiently if we use technology. Exactly. And I see us as we eventually get into AI, um, if we can use that technology to figure out, well, hey, this pitch is like this guy. This pitch is like CeCe Sabathia. Mm -hmm. Or this pitch is like these eight players. Mm -hmm. I see that's right. Oh, well, which game are you playing? Oh, I'm playing the Orioles. Oh, great. Well, this pitch is like clad such and such. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what's going to happen for pitching coaches. Um, and I think that's what's going to happen back to the management. 
And I think it's going to come down to the ROI of how well that team is performing based on the data. I think it's always been about data, but I think the teams are getting a lot more <coughs> hyper-focused. We even see it in football now, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the amount of data available to us from a touchdown, from a fumble, yeah. from a first That's down, a crazy. second down. It's crazy the amount of cameras we've had from the yep. first couple of years ago. I think we're going to get that way in baseball. I yep. think we're going to get cameras. They're going to analyze it. I mean, we've got – What's that? It's kind of already there. I mean, there's cameras everywhere. There's cameras there's everywhere. Cameras. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think if we've got cameras now, they got cameras they're putting into uh, – oh, was it basketball games to analyze mm. the unruliness of uh, kids in school of how they're playing basketball – and what's considered a foul, what's not. So we're using technology, but my only concern is that technology is not infallible. So I think we have to keep a human in the loop. I mean, we're seeing technology now. Here you are online. They want to give you a discount. They access your camera. Now you're suddenly in a major department store. And, oh, they don't say your name, but, hey, you were looking for glasses the other day, sunglasses. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, the Ray-Ban, 20% off. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was looking for that. They know it's you. So they're matching. Exactly. They know. So so they're they're getting rid of cookies. Yep. And they were never fattening anyway. They're getting rid of cookies because advertising agencies have found the way to exploit cookies. That's why mm -hmm. cookies are going away. Mm -hmm. They're going away. Google, they're getting away. Uh, plus, not to mention, we said before that Google and um, DuckDuck, who I love DuckDuck, DuckDuckDuck goes, but DuckDuckGo, they had been stifled for years. All because Google had been paying companies off to keep their browser first, hmm. uh, cellular companies, etc. So it's all about data. You could be great at what you do, but I think what's going to run our world is how what data you have and how you choose to interpret that data and what kind of suggestions or reactions you make. I, I just feel that's where we're going in sports. Yeah. Sports is a very highly controlled uh, a very profitable industry. We watch it for fun, but mm. let's face it. It's a profession for people. It's a business. Yeah. Making millions of dollars. Yes. Football too. So yes. anything that's going to affect that, I believe they're going to use and they're going to call it fair game. Well, there's also the, uh, the, the talk about having a robotic umpire. So not yes. a human umpire. Yeah. Yes. So that camera I was telling you about, uh, was on that bridge where that camera was doing unruly uh, things, but it was also going to use AI to mm -hmm. actually evaluate the calls. Hmm. So that camera, even though, remember, a robot is not just a robot. A robot can be software. Yep. So mm -hmm. uh, a referee's wearing this camera. They're part of the game. It gives them a recommendation that Joe, number 22, should get a red flag. Quick looks at it. Yup, he should get a red flag. Definitely, I agree. Number 22, mm -hmm. red flag. So I think we're going to start to get proof. We're going to get things where the umpires are now going to be able to verify the calls and not have to be like, oh, my gosh, what a bad ump. Yeah. Now it's like, well, the ump verified what the computer showed. Yeah. So now it's going to be like that. I don't think the ump should just be making the calls on their own. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. definitely uh, I think that's saying. But but technology is I always said this before. Technology is not good. Technology is not bad. Yeah. Technology is how you choose to use and apply it exactly. uh, that makes it good or makes it bad. So uh, before we wrap up, because we just got to wrap up here soon, wh where where are you guys going next? Where do you, what's what's next in, in your world for uh, for ProBatter? 
Yeah, so we just came out with a third generation machine, which is is going well. Uh, it's the cheapest top line machine that we've offered. So that's been exciting for us because we can hit different markets. You know, we're hitting a lot more high school teams, which is it's a huge market. Um, so we're going to see how that goes. We're going to hit a lot more travel teams and, and and machines for personal use in homes and you know and uh, you know home offices, kind of if you will. But so we're going to see how that goes. And then we're exploring more sports. We're going to try to just come up with ways to better our machine make it cheaper make it more so, so, so you want you want to go after other sports that is something you want then yeah we thought about it um yeah like tennis or maybe something like that you know have a video image of a you know tennis player serving the ball to you and you can hit it and i think that'd be kind of fun and then getting i mean you could do a lot of things you can do you can do you could do water i mean there's so many sports that you you could do and yep. you can even incorporate devices and we're just talking about haptic technology Mm -hmm. So there's a lot, I think, that's out there. Baseball is a very unique kind of thing, the way you pitch, but there's some sports where you don't pitch mm -hmm. like that and you don't have a ball, but it's more like the movement. Yeah. Uh, like I know in, in uh, croquet or, uh, you know, in soccer, it's not so much, it, it's how you're kicking the ball. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to analyze things like that. And there are companies now they are doing haptic, but I think what a lot of them are doing is, they're putting technology out here, but they're not incorporating it in something that's going to give us data. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's our biggest challenge right now is that it's great to have, you know, the chicken and the egg. But if you don't have the chicken and the egg, yeah, nobody's going to buy it. The fact that you yeah. can give me data, but if you can't explain to me what the data is, then <laughs> like, why do I want the chicken? Yeah, because I don't know how to read the chicken. So. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And then we've got apps that are going to go into this. I'm sure that's something you probably thought about too, is, is linking apps to your product. So they don't need the touchscreen. They could use yep. the smartphone. And, we thought uh, about it. The only thing is for liability that we want when someone in the middle of someone else's round to jack up the machine to hundred miles an hour, you know, up and in. And so. Okay. Um, All right. So, yeah. so it's more, it's more of a, it's more of a thing. You could do something for the person that's there though. So if it was their login or their, phone and it was within a range of the machine yeah mm -hmm. that would probably save i know what you're saying more of a safety thing yeah. well adam this was really interesting learning about you know your journey and you know how you got started in uh not only the baseball industry but how you got some major league uh you know companies like you know uh, obviously places like you know uh, new york yankees uh the yeah. mets uh, mm -hmm. guardians braves rockies and, there, and there's so many more padres but i think the whole idea i think when you can get a company like that or an industry to to take your product uh, to me it becomes more than a profit it, yeah. isn't it really something when you can see like hey you know my our technology is helping a major league base. Of course, it's about money, but I, I mean, it's something when you could say, hey, our technology is helping this guy become a better pitcher. Yeah, especially like when we had the um, the New York Yankees sale. I mean, first of all, it was a fun sale because we live 45 minutes from the stadium. Yeah, we yep. down there and met with Brian Cashman. They bought one machine for the old stadium and then was watching all the games, you know, watching all the players and of course, took a little bit of credit, you know, when the players hit a home run, thinking that's our because of our machine. When it, in reality, it isn't all our machine. But then <laughs> they came back and bought more machines, and, and when you have a repeat customer at that level, you know you have something good. Um, so that was a really a fun sale because you went down the stadium and, and met the guys, and and you that, know. That, that's it's always fun when you can interact. 
Um, yeah, Adam, we, we are out of time, but I do want to thank you so much for joining us on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Uh, you know, guys, me. we're the place that you come when you want to learn about technology, why it works, why it doesn't, and what should you do when it doesn't, and what's actually coming up in technology in your field. We cover sports, we cover office, we cover home, we cover gadgets, we cover games, we cover what you want to know, and we cover what you should know and what you don't want us to tell you. I'm your host, John C. Morley, Serial Entrepreneur. It's been a pleasure. Adam, it has been an amazing privilege and pleasure to be with you, to learn all about ProBatter and uh, just, you know, your journey about, you know, what you did, why you got involved with this and how it's uh, changing the lives of many major league baseball players. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Our pleasure. Thank you.